The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Oxworth here with you. And it's time to go over the Sunday slate for Week 12. We'll start with the Saints and the Falcons. Battle Royale in the NFC South. The Saints are currently one-point favorites on the road. Slightly juiced in Atlanta's favor with a total of 41.5. Joe, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, vomit inducing <laughs> this is terrible wow. uh it's pretty bad vomit. like wait 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 you i know anything to vomit like i will i will have plenty out? in my system by sunday <laughs> by sunday when this is on tv there will be plenty in the system and it's not going to be pretty i mean what is this all right we've got uh both teams coming off the bye Yay, very exciting. Do we know if it's going to be Carr or Jameis? no we don't know here on wednesday morning Oh, God. Ritter's back. Does it matter? I don't know. He's been better at home. Heineke was out there for a few games. They lost all of those. So let's go make the switch again. Like, it's going to be some sort of a difference. Uh, we we know that the Falcons want to run the ball, but the Saints are strong at stopping the run. Saints have a lot of injuries. It's not just Carr. Like Lattimore, they put Michael Thomas on IR yesterday. Yeah. Uh, this game's going to be gross, but they're both really bad against the spread. Saints two seven and one. The Falcons are two and eight. I mean, it's not <laughs> terrible. This matchup is. I'm considering the under. That's my only consideration in this game. I don't like it. I don't like either team. I don't want to watch it. But we don't have good games to choose from once we get to Sunday. But uh, yeah, under's my only thought. How about you guys? Hmm. There's some ones out there now. Wasn't it mostly one and a half earlier this morning? 
Maybe I was just looking at one book. But yeah, I will be on the Saints side simply because DVOA, they are 18th overall versus the Falcons, who are 29th. And whether it's Carr or Jameis Winston, I think both of them are better than Ritter. Uh, so injuries do affect this one. I, I was trying to find some props here, but nothing's listed. So give me the Saints uh, at a pick em. I see a pick em out there, too. Oh, there you go. Line shot. Nicely done. I am also going to back the under here, Joe, uh, in large part because I think it's the combination of quarterbacks and receivers where it almost doesn't matter who's starting. Like, there's going to be some sort of an issue. Like, let's say Derek Carr were to start. Well, he doesn't have Michael Thomas, and that's significant because I think America's mm -hmm. favorite checkdown receiver is really, really important in a matchup like this. And so to have that not be there for Derek Carr is significant. It's Jameis Winston, the ultimate no-risk-it-no-biscuit quarterback. Well, that's also going to be an issue because the Falcons uh, have the fourth-highest defensive success rate defending passes beyond 10 air yards. So pick your poison. Like, in one way, you're darned if you do. In another way, you're darned if you don't. So all of those things being said, now the Falcons, you know, maybe the ones who uh, are deciding upon if this game goes over or under, well, do you trust any of the quarterbacks now do you trust the receivers do you trust this this offensive game plan in general i certainly don't i don't know where you go with this except the under this is going to be a low scoring ugly game saints will probably win it but i'm certainly not putting my money on that but we're not going to see a whole lot of points uh defenses should still play okay uh the marshawn Lattimore injury does concern me but i do feel, feel like there's enough secondary depth for the saints uh to at least be able to contain whatever passing attack the falcons may throw out there so i think under is the best spot here i don't know if it does and i won't anything. be vomiting Yes. Well, we'll see that we haven't seen the game yet. <laughs> it might happen. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> some of the sharper books do have the Falcons as the favorite, which is kind of interesting. I don't, you know, you're basically asking mm. for, for the winner here at minus one. Uh, are we teasing it? Do we just tease the dog? Is this one of those games you tease it either way or? Nah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, if I think it's going under, I then guess. I might as well, right? Like, yeah, if, if I think this is going to be below, say, 40, for instance, or the total is going to keep dropping, then it's a good process play. And it is a division game. So it probably is going to be close given familiarity. Uh, and, and also the Falcons are familiar with Jameis Winston, uh, you know, playing him for so many years. So I think oh, yeah. that also bodes well as far as that being, uh, you know, familiarity breeding to a closer game. So, yeah, as a teaser leg, I, I think that's fine. Yeah, but I prefer the under, right? I think we're on the same yeah. page there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. All right, let's move on now to the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, is this also vomit-inducing because no. of uh, what we're going to see uh, at the quarterback position? Uh, Pittsburgh, one-point favorites on the road with a total of 34 and a half. Joe, mm. right. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> oddly interested in this game. It, maybe it just says something about the slate. Is this not one of the better right. games of the day? It might be one, one of the best games of the day. We don't wow. know what's going to happen here. Uh, Jake Browning against Kenny Pickett. Get the popcorn ready, people. So the adjustment that we've seen from Bird to Browning is seven points, right? Pittsburgh, a one-point favorite. 24 hours ago, the big story was Matt Canada's fired. Matt Canada's fired. You know what happened in the market? 
nothing. It didn't move a no. half a point after moving, uh, getting offensive coordinator Matt Canada out of there. So here's the plan for the Steelers, which is kind of interesting. Like it's Tomlin, so we're probably going to say maybe it's so crazy it could work. But quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan is a play caller. Running backs coach Eddie Faulkner is the offensive coordinator. So uh, that's how they decided to do it as they, they get rid of their uh, former teammate, Matt Canada. So the running backs coach being the OC, does that mean w- more time for Jalen Warren? I'm sure he has a strong opinion there. And the play caller apparently has a, a tight relationship with Kenny Pickett. I mean, the quarterback's coach, that's a thinking there, right? I think this is all good stuff. I'm, I like the Steelers. I like the Steelers even before the Canada move. I like them even more now. I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I got the better coach. I think I have the better quarterback. We'll see. Um, even though Pickett stinks too. Uh, I have the better defense this season more playmakers at least on that side of the ball so i like the steelers i know they're going on the road in the division i'm just asking them to win the game so uh i think this uh pittsburgh minus one could get home i like it yeah this is an interesting matchup with things happening to both teams you know with if it weren't for a mike tomlin steelers team i would say making these kind of changes at this point in the season might be kind of difficult for the players to adjust like what types of things are they going to install this week how many changes will be made to adjust to but with a mike tomlin steelers team that just finds ugly ways to win i will also back the steelers minus one in this situation i it, i think it's pretty deflating what's going on with the Bengals. they were disappointing before the joe burrow injury they certainly were. It's funny. I'm kind of looking at this a little bit differently. Like I, there is another example to an offensive coordinator getting fired and how an offense responds to it, all that stuff. And that was mm-hmm. with the Buffalo bills when they fired Ken Dorsey and now Joe Brady's calling the plays, uh, all that stuff, not much changed. Now things can change over the course of the season, but in terms of play calling, that looked like the same offense to me, but maybe a couple of tweaks here or there, but it was largely the same mm-hmm. thing. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like that's what's going to happen with Pittsburgh as well to where, okay, they have this new arrangement with, you know, one offense coordinator and one play caller and all of that stuff. But I don't know if that should necessarily breed a lot of immediate optimism. I think it's something where over time it's probably going to work out and Kenny Pickett's going to look better and better. And they're going to go to Warren a good bit more as they should have this whole time. But I think those are long-term consequences. I think in the short term, kind of like the Bengals already, I would still back them here. My model says uh, to take Cincy as one point favorites uh, on a neutral field. And so in that respect, I'm going to back the Bengals here. But Joe, my question to you is what makes the Pittsburgh situation different in terms of having immediate impacts than say the Buffalo situation where things were still fairly status quo. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a very different situation. We're talking about an elite quarterback versus a bottom five, bottom 10 quarterback, even this year, as bad as it is Mm -hmm. Uh, a guy that has more weapons. Certainly, but are we going to see Deontay Johnson and Pickens both be involved on the outside? Like that's, that's been a bit of a problem. I think there are some immediate fixes. I think all of us in any job, uh, we, we constantly think, well, if I was the boss, I would change this. If I was the boss, I would do that. I, I think these assistants have that thought process. Like they've, 
they have a number of things that they would change immediately. And they've probably been very frustrated as well as coaches on, on the offensive staff. And, and Sullivan does have some experience as an offensive coordinator. It's like, not like he's sitting there. I mean, Brady, Joe Brady had experience and we saw that uh, this past weekend, but it was a soft matchup for him. He was an OC with the Buccaneers. He was an OC with the giants and now the OC. And, and now I guess, uh, whatever his job is, it's quarterbacks coach slash play caller, which is just strange to say. So he does have some experience. He's been coaching a, a long, long time. So that's part of the reason I do trust him. But I was leaning this way before the change, and this one made me feel better about it. Browning did not look awful, but, you know, with a week to pr- that Steelers defense preparing for Browning, how's that going to look? It's, uh, it's a bit of a guessing game as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Aaron, do you feel like there could be enough film on Jake Browning or that element of surprise could be something that the Steelers may not be able to be prepared for? Uh, Maybe uh, to start the half, but I do trust the Steelers coaching staff and the personnel. Like if there are any elements of surprise that they can make some adjustments in the second half. So I'm not too worried about it. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on now to the Chiefs and the Raiders. KC, nine-point favorites on the road with a total of 43. Joe, what stands out to you here? Hmm. Is the public out on the Chiefs now? This was 10. (laughs) Now we're at nine. I'm wondering if that's the case because everybody watched that game. It was the hyped game. And for 24 hours, people were ripping on the Chiefs, everything that's wrong with the Chiefs. And it starts with the receivers, and then the Kelsey fumble was bad. And now people are talking about Kelsey distractions. Hey, you know what? This story (laughs) happened earlier in the year, right? With the whole Taylor Swift stuff and everything going on. Uh, Fascinating to see what happens with this number. Is it going to stick at nine, or is it going to move even further down? Because there could be a buy point. On the Raiders' side, you know, Antonio Pierce has covered all three games he's been there. I know it wasn't as big of a story this week because they lost against Miami. And yeah, Miami probably should have won by a lot more. I get that. But the bottom line is, is they were hanging with a team that they were not supposed to hang with. Everybody in the world had the Dolphins. If you had a pick on that game, you were laying the big number with the Dolphins. And that number kept going up and up and up. It closes a couple touchdowns. And then the Raiders are in that. Uh, Matchup-wise... What I look at is you can run on the Chiefs, and we saw it happen again the other night with the Eagles. You can run on this team, and that's what the Raiders want to do. And it's the the one thing they can do. Also worth, worth pointing out that over these last couple games, they're getting Devontae Adams involved. He's had 13 targets each of the last two games. Uh, <laughs> it's scary because it's Mahomes versus Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> but I, I want to see where we close here. But right now, I'm looking at Raiders plus nine, divisional matchup. Uh, they're going to be able to run the ball, maybe take the ball out of Mahomes' hands a little bit. And uh, I have no trust in those Chiefs receivers, man. Uh, I, I, It's crazy to say with an Andy Reid team, I wonder if they change course a little bit and, and they start to lean on the run. This is a great matchup if you want to do that a little bit, make things more balanced. Mm-hmm. I think this is a chief smash spot. The Raiders are, yeah. you know, probably trying to get a win and the, and then go into their bye. But I almost think that this is just such a tough matchup for them. It's been a cool story for the Raiders. And, 
you know, maybe they come out of the bye strong and stay consistent. But I still think, even though this isn't like the same type of Chiefs team that we've seen in the past, I still think this is a better team. I think their defense will step oh, yeah. up. I think Andy Reid will find a way to, you know, spark this team. I'm sure they're embarrassed about what happened against the Eagles. And I don't think they got up for that like it was the Super Bowl, that this will be a letdown spot, you know, against the Raiders, and they just don't show up. I think it's a smash spot for the Chiefs. And I even looked at an alt spread, like minus 11 and a half, something like that. I couldn't do that. I I think this is probably a sharp number. I'm not going to take a side in this one in large part because I don't think the Raiders are going to do anything to keep this game close. I think the Chiefs themselves will keep this close in large part because, Joe, you know about all the drops. Aaron, you know all about the drops. I know all about the drops. And Andy Reid knows all about the drops. It's made this offense very conservative. It was never like they're throwing at 30 yards every single time. Like, it's never really been that. But now it's really, really conservative. Pat Mahomes throws to targets behind the line of scrimmage on nearly 24% of his passes. That's the fourth highest rate among qualified quarterbacks. This offense is not designed to cover large spreads. I don't care what defense is being thrown out there. This is going to be a conservative offense where they're going to try and avoid turnovers and things like that. KC will win the game, but nine is a really large number. Seeing an eight and a half out there as well. The conservatism is what makes me concerned about KC covering this large number. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the AFC South showdown that could determine the division. Jags and Texans. That's right here on the BQL Network.